You are listening to LimCore's podcast, pushing the limits of innovation and productivity in business and daily life. There was a specific place in the city mm-hmm. where the car were stopping every single time. There was empty street, no one there, and this car was stopping. <laughs> and everyone was thinking, what? heck is going on there? Why is the, the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> they couldn't understand. And do you remember what was the resolution? What was the reason why it stopped? Welcome back in another LimCore episode. Today, I'm having a guest with me, Ruspe Bantpe. Hi, Ruspe. How are you? Hi, Marek. I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm fine. We are already after works. We are done with our job. Um, greetings from Munich. We are recording this episode in our reply office, yeah. <laughs> in our new solar room, uh, where we basically gonna plan next meetup, yeah. probably. And we can see this amazing VR equipments from here. Oh yeah, virtual reality. Uh, that's nice. Uh, we're gonna talk today a little bit about machine learning. Yeah, machine learning AI, basically. Um, based on um, Azure, Microsoft Cloud. Um, this is the, 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 the topic for today. And uh, for the people who don't know you, maybe at the very beginning, would you like to introduce yourself a bit? Who, who, who is Ruspi? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, as you said, my name, <laughs> I'm Ruspi Banpe, and uh, my specialty actually lies in... Uh, software development, engineering, and natural language processing specifically. But I have actually gained a lot of expertise in the area of machine learning. Mm -hmm. And uh, in general these days, uh, many people call it data science, but I don't really call it data science myself because because rather the specialty would be, I tried myself to target the specialty specifically on machine learning algorithms Mm -hmm. and how to create the pipelines and mm. things like that. Yeah. But um, when it comes to working experience, uh, of course, I worked uh, in area of natural language processing for uh, some years. And I, after that, I started... Can you tell, can you tell our uh, audience where have you worked before? Yes, you can. Yeah, of course. I mean, I've worked at Samsung, uh, uh-huh. Samsung Electronics, and we developed uh, Samsung basically uh, speech assistant Bixby yeah exactly this 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 button in Android phones which yeah. no one uses yeah <laughs> it's actually Siri for Android right yes yeah <laughs> basically Siri for Samsung phones and uh, many people hate that because <laughs> because of that button <laughs> of course and uh, yeah of course I mean we didn't really influence that uh, button <laughs> because if it was on my own decision and many other developers, I believe that yeah. they would remove that button because really? when, when you have a speech assistant, mm-hmm. you are supposed to activate it through speech, through Correct. activation voice, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't really want to have a button. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing like uh, Siri, hey Siri yeah. or hey Siri, Google, or Google Assistant, Amazon. Alexa, absolutely. Yeah. Or I say, hey Cortana, and yeah. you're in Microsoft world, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Although Microsoft actually uh, deviated from, uh, mm, let's say, marketing uh, or, let's say, end user. They are not targeting end user anymore when it comes to Cortana. They're rather empowering the enterprise level. Mm. And so 
what they made, which I really respect from Microsoft side, it's a great job what they did because they said that, okay, probably we are going to beat Google or we are going to beat Amazon. Probably not. Mm. So we have an amazing infrastructure. We yeah. are enterprise company from the beginning, from the ground up, right? So they said that, okay, we have this language understanding part of Cortana yeah. and we have this automatic speech recognition part of Cortana and also a speech to... Uh, uh, text-to-speech part of Cortana mm-hmm. and they made it openly available yeah. as an API yeah. that people can then can later build their own speech assistant with Correct. bot framework with uh, Louis language understanding as you know and uh, yeah. what I really like in Microsoft um, there is a service uh, in custom speech where you can build your own voice yeah. Have you heard about that? Yeah. yeah. That you have to record a um, couple of sample files where you uh, define... I actually made a, a sample of my own voice. Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I actually, the, the data was very, very little, I think. Yeah. I put 30 or 40 sentences, very single, uh, simple sentences like, Hi, uh, I like to play football or... Hi, what do you think about telephones or just later on, I was lazy, <laughs> as <laughs> most programmers are, I think. And uh, I, I, I just thought, okay, I have to find something, uh, an example, how I can basically provide any content I just read. And I just took a book from my kit, <laughs> from my little Lena. <laughs> And I just uh, just read the text, uh, split it it's, uh, every sentence as a new line, put it in text file, uh, read it, then upload it. Uh, and you know what? After those 40 sentences, I was so amazed that, okay, it was not perfect because the data was... But indeed, when I then write as a, a text like, um, hi, uh, my name is Mark or something like this, it really felt my accent. That's great. Yeah. And I thought, holy gosh. And and everyone is capable to do it. And everyone, you, you know that there's an integration, for yep. example, yep. between totally, uh, yeah. uh, Amazon Alexa and uh, the Cortana services. It's still undergoing development a little bit. But think about it, that you build your own uh, um, Alexa skill, for example, mm-hmm. with your own voice. First of April is coming. Oh really? I yeah, mean, April. I mean, April. April. Wait, wait a second. The, the the audience doesn't know. From which country do you come? I'm originally from Iran. Same as other MVP, uh, Leila Etati. <laughs> She's also from Iran. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was talking with her on the MVP summit last year. Uh huh. And uh, do you also have this tradition? First of April, the the April the the fools. Uh, so the thing is that. First of April for us becomes the thirteenth of uh, Farvardin. It's uh, uh-huh. basically month for us. Yeah. And thirteen is not a really great number. Okay. So, so uh, we have the tradition that not to stay home. It brings bad luck. Uh-huh. So go out and yeah. have a picnic somewhere. Yeah. So everyone goes out. Yeah. We have we are in nature. It's spring. It's uh, outdoor is just amazing. So we have it. This. Uh, Tradition is called Sizda Bedar, or uh-huh. it's just a 
picnic out there. Yeah. And you have this basically, since the Vedar lie or April Fool, basically, first of April Fool is, yeah, we also have that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then you know what I mean. Yeah. The, the, the April Fool to, to yeah. make some jokes. Yeah. And uh, actually, I think I was writing on my own skill mm-hmm. <laughs> with my voice. Okay. Because there is a feature in Amazon uh, Alexa that yeah. announcement, and, and it will be read out. But ah, no, it won't work. Announcement will be read by the Amazon voice. Ah, I had to, I had to think a little bit. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Some brainstorming later. <laughs> but coming back um, to machine learning, Azure. Um, so, um, Ruthby, um, you you are uh, right now working on autonomous driving project. Yes, I've heard. Yeah, and uh, you are using a lot of Azure machine learning there. Absolutely, I've heard. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, let's say Azure machine learning is basically the backbone of the whole project. Mm. Let's put it in this way. Mm. Yeah. So without that, it's not gonna progress. <laughs> yeah. And also uh, for the audience to know, and I'm sure some audience would definitely would know that autonomous driving projects uh, in general are right now the hottest topic in AI. Yeah. And there are like the highest amount of investment going on. And um, let's say it's an area that you see every aspect of AI every mm. aspect of development and it's very heavy i mean when it comes to development in general it's very heavy toward experiment submission evaluation of your model selecting the best performing model mm. deploying your model and all of this process and traditionally uh, sorry that i already i'm talking so <laughs> yeah. about this so i already in the flow so um, traditionally data scientists used to Uh, submit their experiments locally mm-hmm. um, through whatever IDE they were using, uh, typically Jupyter Notebooks, mm-hmm. and uh, plot the performance yeah. in, let's say, um, the, let's say, training and test loss curves, and then mm-hmm. selecting the best performing model with eyes, Correct. or even doing handcrafted feature engineering or this kind of process, typical process for data science or machine learning, but mm. through machine le- Azure machine learning, this actually, there is a framework right now that it doesn't exist anywhere else. I haven't seen it anywhere else and I'm personally impressed by working with it. You submit experiments and the best performing experiments would be automatically selected. You have automatic uh, hyperparameter optimization. That's great through hyperdive and through uh, random search. I'm mm-hmm. not sure they're using grid search or not because grid search is quite expensive process. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are for the experimentation side. And then you have the deployment side which Microsoft um, combined the idea of Azure DevOps with Azure Machine Learning, and then you run pipelines through your experiments, and then the best performing experiment would be deployed automatically. And of course, there is a storage connected to that for storing your data, and you can just increase the size of storage, and you can dedicate compute clusters, and your data set after cleaning up and after 
auto-labeling would be also stored in Azure Machine Learning. I'm, in one word I can put it, that I'm very impressed <laughs> working with it. Yeah. There is a very sophisticated Python SDK available for that, mm. that you submit experiments all through the ID of your choice. Yeah. My ID of, cho of choice is uh, Visual Studio Code, of course. <laughs> And uh, because it's just amazing, I mean, recently with all of those plugins, it's you become super productive mm -hmm. using uh, Visual Studio Code. Exactly. I, I think it's worth to mention because why, for example, Ruspe is so impressed about Microsoft and Azure and so on? Because as I remember, so you did uh, had previously a lot of experience in C Sharp and so on, yeah. but regarding machine learning and Python stuff. I've heard that you were previously having some experiences with Amazon, uh, Amazon Web Services yeah. and stuff like that. And this is something which you are discovering new. Um, and, and this is the reason why, why you're so impressed about uh, the, the, when you see the differences. Yes. How, especially me personally, I know how, how you see this. Especially for the development purposes, I think what is amazing benefit is the documentation itself. That's totally true. That's totally true. Well, when I started to work with uh, Azure Machine Learning, yeah. first thing I did was to, I mean, based on any other Microsoft or Azure product that I would do, let's say Azure Function or any other thing, yeah. based on my previous experience, I just opened the documentation. Yeah. And honestly, there is no need to go for any other resource. You would get everything done just to going step by step through Microsoft documentation. Mm. And that's that's like that's just maintained in in a live manner, you know. If there's anything outdated, there would be a tooltip message up, up there that this is going to be for example deprecated in following month or yeah. this API is going to be replaced by this following version. Yeah. So this is actually something great. I didn't have that experience at all when I worked with AWS. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are a lot of outdated documentation and yeah. of course you will end up pulling your hair. Poor <laughs> <to, laughs> bird. Yeah, to fixing yeah. stuff. And of course there is a great uh, support from Microsoft as well. I mean, yeah. when you have as a, for your personal Azure subscription, you would have a contact person yeah. and you, you can just call him or her and this, this, so forth, so forth. this is also the thing what I really appreciate about um, developing any solution enterprise solution with Microsoft technologies not only because of the documentation but also the community um, which is behind there uh, and that not I'm not talking about MVP community for example um, this is also really great um, I mean also really Casual people, not casual. Okay, it's the difference. We are all normal people. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. That MVP is not normal. We are a little bit crazy. I would say indeed, we are we are crazy. But still, still, everyone as a part of a community is collaborating and taking um, active um, participation in the development yeah. of the Microsoft products because. This is what I personally also see very easily when I'm in contact with product group or something, that they react extremely fast on anything what community is reporting. Absolutely. 
if you see the roadmap, if you see the ideas, the very single features which are being implemented, and I'm not talking all about Azure Machine Learning Studio or Azure Machine Learning um, as, as a whole. I'm also talking about um, Power Platform, for example, right? Uh, where the, my category so far, data, data platform is, is my category MVP right now. I was even, I, I'm not sure if I'm, um, I think I can say it. When we are on the MVP summit last year, mm -hmm. And um, I was talking with uh, Charles Stelling and a couple other people who were responsible at that time uh, for Power BI. Now Charles is responsible for Power Apps, still same family, yeah. <laughs> Power, Power Platform. And uh, Amir Singh, I think, was there during the meeting. They were asking us, MVPs, um, what do you think about Parpia? What kind of features you like, you don't like, and stuff like that. We just uh, put some, some, some feedback, gave some feedback. And then um, someone said in, from, from the audience, hey, I would really love to have this feature, for mm -hmm. example. And then there was a reaction, oh, cool, but we ha haven't ever thought about this before, for example. And the, the response <laughs> was, for me, really amazing. They said, you know what? If you put this idea in, uh, in the Power BI community, the ideas, the robot, you know, um, and a lot of people vote on it, this is the argument for us, there's a reason for us to work on it. So, oh, yeah. what to do? Go to the community portal, post an idea, encourage other people to vote on it, and we, it will be popped out for us as a top one or top ten uh, most uh, hot features we should implement, and we do it. And this is what I really appreciate in Microsoft, that they, because this, this is the thing, the products are still evolving, they are being still developed, they are always in progress mode, agile, but the features they, 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 they provide, they, they, they deploy, are exactly the features which the market needs because it comes from the community, it comes from the users, end users, because they know what they do in, in the project. Totally, totally. I Amazing. Mean, just the video that you showed me today about Synapse, I mean, yeah. I was amazed. And I'm, I'm sure that's also coming from the community, right? Partially, also. Yeah. So for the people who don't know about Azure Synapse, they, what they've done, they rebuilt totally the analytics platform on Azure. Yeah. They made possible the connection between relational database and non-relational database, so data lake, data warehouse, for example. Do you remember the comparison between Azure, Amazon, and Google Big Data Cloud? It was just, it beat them, but, like but how, a piece of cake. And how, how they beat them, do you remember? Well, when they put in on the 100 concurrent queries, uh, already, I mean, on the, on the first 30, I guess, concurrent queries already, Synapse was like way ahead. It was like three times faster than AWS. But when they put it on more than 1,000 concurrent query, which the number, I guess, was 10,000 concurrent query, the others, they were they couldn't perform at all. They died, yeah. Yeah, GCP, Google Cloud Platform, and AWS, they couldn't perform, but yeah. still Synapse performed till Correct. the end. Yeah, basically executed all queries. Yeah. That I was the, the query, impressed. The query um, used to handle a couple petabytes of data at that time. Yes. And I remember the very first, the very first test we have seen uh, with this same data set. It was, may say, there was an example of SQL statement. Uh, normally, it is pretty easily to write it, but it was a complex query at the end. And um, 
Azure Synapse, it took nine seconds to compute and to mm -hmm. show the results. Do you remember how many minutes Google Big Data Cloud needed to compute this? 11 minutes. 11 minutes. <laughs> so we are not talking about three times improvement of performance, but 75 times? Oh, no, uh, let's calculate it. Wait a second. Uh, 11 minutes, how many seconds are there? Wait a second, how to calculate this? Uh, I need to take my calculator. So 11 minutes multiple by 60 seconds, 60, 160 seconds. There's six missing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then uh, nine uh, divided by 660. It was 1% of a time yep. which Google needed. Yeah, basically 100 times faster. Yeah. Right? Synapse were 100 times faster. Oh my god. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I was very impressed by seeing that and uh, I'm going to check documentation tonight about Synapse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, definitely that's something that I would also next time introduce to customers as well. And definitely. Also, the, the integration with Azure Machine Learning, that was impressive because he yeah. also performed some prediction Correct. With, with connection to Azure Machine Learning. That's also something that impresses me from Microsoft Azure in general, that they are very interconnected when it yeah. comes to resources. For example, for autonomous driving projects, you need to submit a lot of experiments, right? Yeah. You can submit your experiments from Databricks notebooks, mm -hmm. which is running on an Azure Machine Learning cluster computes. Yeah. You submit it there and you'll see the result there. These are all interconnected. I mean, the plug, plugging them together is just piece of cake. Yeah. And it's all through documentation. Yeah. And that's quite amazing. And of course, you can imagine when it comes to autonomous driving, there is a, it's a question of petabytes of data. Yeah. Because mostly you are dealing with image data and, uh, stream of image data correct and the fact that azure machine learning can handle that already that's already impressive yeah <coughs> <coughs> i got impressed <coughs> no it's uh, water um but uh, regarding documentation uh, do you know what i personally uh, when i google some things or bing something <laughs> <laughs> i personally think firstly that Stack Overflow may die. <laughs> oh, it won't die, but because of the the, the rich documentation. But even though if I find any articles in the in, in web when I see tutorials from other VPs, for example, or any scientific article how to do something, anything. Do you know what is the the property I look a lot on at the very first time before I read anything? Timestamp. Uh huh. From which day does this documentation, this article comes from at all? Yeah. Because these things are evolving so fast. Yeah, totally, totally. It's so fast. It's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, two years ago, it was December 2017. I graduated uh, from master program for a natural language processing. From that time it was already the topic of deep learning using deep learning in natural language processing yeah. till now it has changed so much yeah. so much that i feel that 
probably I need another master. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to catch up, believe me. I mean, right now there's a question of transformers yeah. and uh, transformers are basically like Google BERT or GPT-2 or Microsoft uh, natural language generation that right now is actually, I mean, that's very good to mention right now that Microsoft is training or already trained, I guess. I saw it in news a couple of weeks ago. The biggest available data set for natural language generation. Mm-hmm. And they call it Turing, I guess. They are calling it Turing or something. Something that has Turing name in it. Yeah. So right now it's a question of transformers and the whole thing is just changing. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you tell at the end uh, some insights from, from the Bixby project? Because, or about the, not about the development, uh, what is yeah. going to be developed in the future because you're not allowed to because of NDA. But when we talked the very first time when we met and you told me that even though this annoying button <laughs> in the phone, <laughs> but there, at the end there are still pretty fancy solutions that uh, at the end the thing which is uh, implementer is it's not so uh, dummy at all. It's, it's pretty intelligent. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course it's uh, AI in the... <laughs> in the background and that's quite sophisticated and there are all multiple uh, components uh, for natural language understanding and automatic speech recognition and text-to-speech and natural language generation of course all of those are interconnected and make this possible and Bixby as well as uh, Alexa has uh, basically so to say skills mm. Alexa coined this term uh, yeah. skill but in Bixby they call it capsules okay so you have these capsules for example you have a capsule for weather and mm-hmm. you have a capsule for a reminder those are like local capsules mm-hmm. that take care of like local stuff that a phone has of course you can have external and uh, some other capsules for uh, local content providers for example for Germany you may have a capsule for Adatze Mm. that if you have a problem with your car you just submit it through voice mm. yeah at the end uh, the idea is uh, or was or still is I don't know because I'm not there anymore but to integrate the whole uh, AI into home automation like fridge and washing machine and all of those devices yeah. so make it quite smart home thing yeah yeah, that's that's pretty much the idea there. Yeah. But when it comes, I mean, to specific components of natural language processing, I need to admit that I'm very impressed by Microsoft text to speech. The neural TTS, it's just mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, the speech to text or text to speech. Yeah, you're the right. text to yeah. speech, the neural TTS. Yeah. Actually, I mean, of course, it's more expensive than others, but it makes sense. It makes yeah. total sense. I actually played that for a couple of friends, yeah. and. I needed, I needed to use the API for them to prove them that this is actually the API. Yeah. So I pressed on the play button. They said, no, this is human. Yeah. This is not neural TTS. I said, guys, this <laughs> is, this is the, it's just a sample on the website on the Microsoft yeah. documentation. They said, no, it's, it's, it's fraud. This is wrong. Yeah. I use the API. Yeah. And I pass a sentence yeah. and it read it out and they said, okay, far out. We, we believe you, we believe you. <laughs> yeah, we also write, uh, me personally, I wrote uh, some demos um, how to, the, to convince the people that, that how, um, 
how how performant it is and indeed uh, during meetups or different conferences I took last year and uh, said okay you don't believe me because you know at the very beginning when I make any show or any presentation during a meetup or something I have a PowerPoint with me which is um, having the slide when you have just on the left side uh, just a couple of sentences and play button and then I make just a casual quiz okay let us find out was it a robot was it a, was it a TS or was it really a human and uh, people usually as you say uh, they are always 50-50 <laughs> they, they cannot really um, recognize what is human and what is robot and uh, then they said hey you know what it's faith it's, it's a part of representation I said okay Let's have a check. And then the, they put their own uh, sentences, played it out, and they said, oh, it indeed was not fake. It's really amazing. But... Um, That's actually quite impressive. And I mean, when you cannot recognize that something is from a neural uh, network system, it's generated through a neural network, uh, uh, basically system, uh, just a TTS system, imagine we are in a position that we cannot even recognize that a conversation that we have to a system is from a natural language generation system. So that's actually the idea of the Turing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, of course, that's from Alan Turing to yeah. have the passing the Turing test. That's a different story, but I'm talking about the Turing transformer. Yeah. The, uh, natural language generation system from Microsoft. So they mentioned in the documentation or the first uh, white paper yeah. that they want to have a dialogue system that is basically you can converse with it 20 minutes. Mm. And that's an idea that, for example, right now, imagine yourself, you're talking to a speech assistant, you are already tired after 10 seconds. You don't feel natural enough, right? You just... Yeah. Dictate stuff, you get information. There is a flow, but still robotic flow, right? Yeah. But they want to have a system. They see themselves in a position, having a system that you actually enjoy the conversation. And uh, just because you enjoy the conversation, the conversation is going on for 20 minutes. So that's actually the whole idea. Yeah, there's, there's a whole thing about um, AI to improve the user experience before yeah. before this. If yes, I think it's uh, very important that uh, as far you feel it's uh, artificial, you don't want to really want to use it because you say, no, it's really it's not performant. From the other point of view, there is also an ethical question: if totally. we how how we really want to implement this, how we really want to consume in which ways and for which purposes. There's a really huge ethical issue and ethical um, topic, maybe for another podcast session. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that sounds very interesting to talk about. <laughs> yeah, because you, you are actually a natural language processing expert. Uh, that was your very first um, um, mm. expertise you, you, you've learned in your career as a yeah. friend. But to, to summarize uh, this talk, we were basically talking about Azure Machine Learning in context of autonomous driving. And uh, we have uh, last time interesting talk with uh, friends of us. It's uh, Veronica. Veronica, hi. No, it's, she's not seeing us. Because of the lights, I guess. 
<laughs> we are sitting in the office still there and they're going to close it and there is a friend of us <laughs> from the HR <laughs> and we are not sure if she is going to close it or not but uh, coming back to the topic um, uh, we're talking about um, Azure machine learning in context of autonomous driving and uh, of course we are not allowed to, to say for which company are working on in which project and we want to we are not allowed to say the details but I think this is what we are allowed to say about um, how uh, important it is how to, to be um, perfect in autonomous driving solutions and how um, what kind of simple issues, simple topics may be um, misleading or, or uh, challenging. What I'm talking about is Tesla. Mm -hmm. Do you... Do you remember we talked last time um, about the issue on highways? Ah, yeah, 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 I remember. <laughs> so the one that you said that some truck drivers actually draw a 3D image of a road on the back of their truck. Yeah, Just correct. to look cool, right? Correct. And that was quite misleading for the autonomous driving cars, right? Because it was using, as far as I know, usually uh, the cameras as the sensors. Only camera. Only? Only really? camera. Yeah, that was the problem. Oh my God. And the thing was that the, the, the camera uh, recognized, okay, this is a road in front of me. So uh, get gas, yeah. <laughs> provide gas, accelerate, yeah. exactly. And then bam, bam, hit the truck. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they find it out. So I, I, hope, I hope they fix it. Yeah. But there was also other, other topic uh, you mentioned. It's um, when there was a specific place in the city. Mm-hmm where the bus were stopping every single time there was empty street no one there and this car was stopping <laughs> and everyone's thinking what the heck is going on there why is the, the bermuda triangle <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't understand and do you remember what was the resolution what was the reason why it stopped so apparently there was this billboard and it was uh, a graphic uh, of a kid yeah playing with with the ball yeah and the car was identifying that oh actually that's a vru basically we call it in the area of autonomous driving vru stands for vulnerable road unit mm -hmm. so it's a thing that car need to pay attention and yeah. just decelerate basically yeah yeah that was actually this this is the problem that uh problem of using only camera because yeah only camera means only computer vision and Correct. only image recognition. And from that, you don't have full information about how far are you from the object. Yeah. Or, for example, there's, there was also another issue that... Maybe there is a way how to calculate. I believe there is a way. Yeah, uh, way. It must be a way. Yeah. Otherwise, this car totally. wouldn't be able to, to drive. Yeah, it's actually... Uh, there is a way, but it's quite, uh, let's say, expensive, computationally expensive to mm -hmm. calculate that. So that's why right now uh, there's a topic of sensor fusion mm. to fuse uh, multiple sensors data together and then later pass it to the watch out, Watch out the NDA. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. This is actually an uh, open topic for now. Okay, so we can tell it. Yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, it's like, I guess every company is using this. And uh, this means comes to also the area of machine learning. They are re-architecturing the whole uh, neural network in a way that you can feed it with data of different nation, mm. and, sorry, different nature. Mm. So you have data of, 
laser, for example, for calculating the distance and you have image data mm -hmm. that's just the surface mm -hmm. captured and then you feed it to the algorithm and the algorithm learn it at the same time. And this area in machine learning is called multitask learning or multimodal learning. Okay. It's a very open research area right now. It's a, whoever would build something would get quite famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. I think... Um, we have uh, a look on the clock. Oh my God. Uh, we are already around 30 minutes again. So we have to uh, close that episode for this time. I think we have started a couple of interesting topics. We may continue in next episodes. Yes. Um, definitely the topic about Bixby and this natural language processing and this narrow TTS. It mm -hmm. made me a little bit interested. So guys, um, if Tell us in comments uh, what do you find interesting during this uh, speech and what other topics you would like to hear from us and from other guests um, in the future on our LeanCore platform. Rusby, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Marek, for inviting. And see you next time. Bye-bye. You are listening to LeanCore's podcast, pushing the limits of innovation and productivity in business and daily life.